Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Samuel, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 26, starting in verse 1. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Then the Zivites came to Saul at Gebeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hakilah, which is on the east of Jessamine? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hakilah, which was beside the road on the east of Jessamine. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment with his spear stuck in the ground at his head, and Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head, and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on the top of the hill with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man? Who is like you in all Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king, your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Why does my Lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now, therefore, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. 
Now, therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sent. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of your young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. In this chapter, our friends the Ziphites have gone back to Saul to try to talk him into going and apprehending David out of the wilderness. If you remember back in chapter 23, these Ziphites had gone to Saul to tell him where he could find David. Now, either they're unaware of the truce that Saul and David had come to, or they're just troublemakers who go and talk Saul into hunting David down and removing him out of the equation. Because of David's response at the end of the chapter, it does seem that there may be some sinister motives by the people of Ziph. And so at their prompting, Saul goes down to the hill of Achilah and camps out and searches for David in order to kill him. David gets advanced warning that he's coming, and so he scouts out the place and realizes that Saul has indeed come to kill him again. So he and Abishai sneak into the camp that night. They steal Saul's sword and his water bottle that's at his head, and they leave the camp. After they've gotten a good deal away from Saul, out of harm's way, they call back. David specifically calls out to Abner, who's the commander of the army. And he challenges Abner's manhood. He says, I thought you were a valiant man. If you are, why didn't you protect the king? Because you were unwilling or unable to protect the king, you deserve to die. Now Saul recognizes David's voice and he speaks up. And David lets him know that he had yet another chance to kill him, but chose not to take it because he refused to raise his hand to the Lord's anointed. Saul responds by saying, I can tell that you see life as precious. And David said, yes, I see your life as great. And I hope because I have that God will see my life as great. Saul then blesses David, tells him that he's going to do many great things. And they part and go their separate ways. It's the discussion at the end of that chapter where I think we need to focus our attention and be reminded that life is precious. Life is sacred. And see, our life is a part of God. If you remember back to the Genesis story, we're told that God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. The breath or spirit that animated us, that gave us life, is of God. It's a sacred thing. In the book of Job, when Job is going through so many trials, he says, as long as breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils, I will not curse God. He understood that the life we have is of God. And because we are created in his image and given his breath, that life is sacred. And because life is sacred, because it is so precious, it took something that valuable to rescue us, 
Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Because of the sacredness of life and the high price that's paid to rescue it, every life is valuable to God. And God's goal is to bring all that life back to himself. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39 says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Life is precious to God. It's sacred, and it should be to us. We live in a world, in a society today, that doesn't always hold life in this high esteem. Often Christians are very quick to point out that abortion on demand, using it as a form of birth control, is certainly not holding life in high regard. But those same people can often be seen on social media belittling life, calling people names, putting them down, not offering help when it's needed, not being kind to refugees and immigrants. See, when we read through Scripture, all life has value. And Scripture teaches us that life should be treated with dignity because it is sacred and valuable. We don't have a right to demean, denigrate, or dismiss any of God's creatures and the life that's in them because it is of God. And Scripture lets us know that there is great value in coming to understand how significant life is. For one, people who honored the sanctity of life are blessed by God. David was confident that because he had valued Saul's life, that God would value his life, that God would reward him because he had done the right thing and had been faithful. When we're able to treat every life as though it has value to God, we will avoid behaviors that create strife and struggle. We'll avoid situations that complicate life, but rather allow us to be blessed by God. But as we can see in David's story, not only can we expect God to bless us, if we're willing to protect life, we can expect God to protect us as well. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God will take care of you. He'll protect you and make sure you have what you need. Scripture lets us know that even if a human being were to take our life, God will save it and preserve it, and we'll get to spend eternity with him. When we value life, we experience God's blessing and his protection. But that will also enable us to stay connected to the source of life. And when we're connected to God, we have access to a power source that enables us to do great things. Just as Saul promised David that he would do great things, we can expect that in our lives if we stay connected to the source of life. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 17, 20, that if they had faith the size of a mustard seed, they would be able to say to a mountain, move from here to there, and it would move and nothing would be impossible for them. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 talks about people who were all able to do amazing things because of the faith they had in God and the connection they had with their life source. But us putting a high value on life and staying connected to the source of life is not just about having moments where we are rewarded for our faithfulness. It's about being able to, when it's all said and done, being able to stand in triumph, being able to overcome everything. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 50, that he knew God's commandments were eternal life. And because of that, whatever the Father had told him to say, he said it. Whatever the Father told him to do, he did it. 
because he knew staying connected to that source of life would be the thing that had him overcome and live forever. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 17, Jesus said, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. David preserved Saul's life because it was the right thing to do. It's what God would want. It was easy for him to do because he understood the value of life. That kept him connected to God and helped him make good, godly decisions. So many of us in our time are making bad choices. We're experiencing turmoil and strife in our life, not because things are stacked against us, but because we haven't understood the value of those lives that are coming in contact with us. We see them as obstacles rather than opportunities. We don't respond to them as image bearers of God who have his breath in them. We don't see them as sacred children of God. We see them as problems. And because of that, we struggle to come up with our own solutions, and we fight against the very people that God wants us to love and show grace and mercy, the people for whom we are to be a conduit of God's love for them. The next time we're tempted to dismiss someone as being unworthy of our time or attention, the next time we want to call someone a name or get angry with someone because they didn't do what we wanted them to do, we might be well served to take pause to remember that their life has value and ask God what we can do to help preserve that life. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.